0: Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting here with Andrew Keel. Andrew, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. I'm super excited to dive in. And I always ask Elevate Nation this question because maybe it's a question directed at myself is that, are you ready to take it to another level? Because that's what we're all about. We're about raising the bar. And I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down with mind expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in industry in other industries and disciplines. And it is our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And of course, we will distill the mindset, habits, routines, systems, tools, the strategies, and so much more from those and an individual like Andrew who is elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same or even more for yourself. This is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, through real estate investing, through other ventures, and most importantly and ultimately in their lives. If you appreciate what our team and myself are doing, be sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and leave us a review on what you are specifically taking away from the show. What are you applying to your own life? What have you identified to be insightful for you and for your business and for your life and for your own growth? How are you applying that? Make sure to give us a review. We certainly are grateful for that. It helps us grow this message. Our message is really, you know, that you don't have to live a life that you just tolerate. You can actually live a life of fulfillment, of abundance, of unlimited joy. I mean, really, it's all out there for you if you give yourself the opportunity to do so. So, uh, you know, really, it's all about giving yourself permission to step into that and then putting it into action. So with all that said, I'm going to get off my soapbox here. I'm going to introduce you to Andrew Keel, who is the owner of Keel Team LLC. And his team currently manages 22 manufactured housing communities across nine states. And his expertise is in turning around undermanaged manufacturing housing communities by utilizing proven systems to maximize the occupancy while reducing operating costs. He specializes in bringing in homes to fill vacant lots, implementing utility billback programs, and o- improving overall management and operating efficiencies, all of which significantly boost the asset value and net operating income of the communities. In order to successfully implement his management strategy, Andrew's team usually moves on location during the first several months of ownership, which is super unique. I love that, just hands-on. And uh, with all that said, Andrew, super excited to dive into a conversation with you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio.
1: Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you, uh, you know, having me on the show, Tyler. Uh, I have an interesting story. I started out uh, flipping houses around the Central Florida area where I'm from. Uh, I was wholesaling and flipping, I mailed out, you know, a ton of letters, yellow letters every single month. And through that, I, uh, generated a a lead on a deal to buy two manufactured homes in Ocala, Florida. And these were nice, you know, manufactured in the mid nineties. Uh, it was, um, you know, vinyl sided shingle roof homes and, uh, was able to buy both of these homes for $2,200 cash. So, I was like, you know, that was my very first exposure to to manufactured housing and mobile homes and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make money with this but I just know it's a motivated seller and a good deal. So, I bought the homes, got the titles, came back to my office and got on YouTube and typed in, you know, how to make money with mobile homes and I was lucky enough to uh, find a guy named Lonnie Scruggs on YouTube who wrote a book called Deals on Wheels, which is a great book, by the way. And he he teaches people how to buy mobile homes in parks, fix them up a little bit, and then sell them to an end user on contract. So, I did exactly that with those two homes and uh, ended up doing about 19 more of those Lonnie deals, as they're called, And I was, I was glued to the, to the business because it was like, there was never ending demand for the product we had, uh, which was these mobile homes. So I I scaled that. And then I met a mobile home park owner that owned the whole community. And he started working with me, funneling me deals because he wanted some of his inventory occupied and I would put the money into rehab it and then sell it. And that wasn't his model. He just wanted lot rent. So I, I sat down, went out to lunch with him and he said, Hey, you know, the real wealth is built through owning the real estate and not through the mobile homes. And that was an aha moment for me. I became instantly, you know, obsessed with mobile home parks. I took every class, I researched, I read every book and watched every webinar I could on mobile home park investing. I went to the Frank and Dave boot camp and uh, eventually you know, I was doing the marketing to buy mobile home parks instead of, you know, the single family homes. So I found my first deal. One of the attendees at the MHU bootcamp, uh, had a full-time job. He was looking to passively invest in the asset class, was able to partner with him to take down the first deal. And it was an absolute home run. We, we did really, really well on that one. Uh, since then we did five more parks together and then, uh, You know, we've been lucky enough to bring on other investors and through syndications and uh, other joint venture deals. So we're now up to 22 communities and it's just under uh, 1500 lots. So we're really uh, excited with our growth and, uh, you know, happy to happy to be here.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, and uh, I'm sure you would probably agree with me on this. It seems like you're just getting started too. It's like you've got so much ahead of you, which is exciting. But I'd love to dig back into sort of the journey there. It's so interesting how you were flipping homes and you kind of just stumbled across, you know, this, this opportunity, then YouTubed how to do it. And you were able to kind of flip out of a couple of opportunities there. And then of course, the bigger picture was that the real wealth was through owning the real estate behind, you know, the mobile homes. And, and so talk to me about that sort of, you know, were you aware that this could be
1: an opening to a greater opportunity or was it
0: just more, you know what, I'll try this out. We'll see what happens.
1: You know, I'll be honest. I always wanted to be a landlord and I always wanted to get to the point where I had enough capital to, to own, you know, multifamily, you know, real estate, whether it be apartments or, or what, what the case would be. So, you know, to be honest, that was a, an end goal, but I didn't realize how early on I would be able to, to own multifamily, uh, units. So this kind of just, just stumbled upon, you know, and it was one of those things where it happened and I took action very quickly to, you know, take advantage of it. And that's where I I feel like a lot of people kind of get stalled out as they, you know, they find something that they're passionate about, or that, that could be, you know, a life-changing deal, but they either stall or, you know, take a few years to kind of get more comfortable with it. Um, So that's, you know, I got got lucky, I would say, with, with coming across it so early. Yeah. But the, um, you know, really kind of
0: drilling into that about taking action quickly. I feel like that is a a great reminder for all of us. It's like, you know, what are you stalling on right now? You know, what are you looking at that you know is a great opportunity, but you feel like you don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. So you're not willing to take action. I mean, was that an experience for you that as you took action, you maybe felt a bit uncomfortable feeling like you didn't really know what you were fully doing, but you just you know, you had this gut feel that taking that action would lead you to the right direction or how did that, how did that resonate with you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's what, that's, what's interesting is I really didn't, I mean, I had, I was in the process of learning and I was, you know, where normal people work 40 hours a week, I was working double that. I was like infatuated with, you know, finding, every bit of content I could on the mobile home park business. And that's the game changer. I think it was like, you know, some people work nine to five. I was working sun up to sundown, you know, and it was all about mobile home parks. And that was the differential because instead of this taking me five years to get the education I needed to get to that point where I was ready to purchase my first property, you know, I condensed that into, you know, a year and a half and that buildup phase really was monumental and into our growth and into our team you know I met I go back to the MHU boot camp every year they visit Orlando where I'm from so I go back every year because I always learn a couple things and I can network with you know a hundred other mobile home park investors and when I go back there I meet people that are like you know I bought my first mobile home park and then I went to this boot camp and wow I wish I would have done so much differently you know if i would have known what i know now learning from from the boot camp and so forth so you know i think we did it right we got educated then we dove in instead of doing it vice versa
0: i definitely want to know about strategy and sort of maybe some of those learnings we'll we'll dig into that but one thing i do i'm curious to know about you just in terms of who you are as an individual and how you approach things i mean obviously talking about taking action quickly and and making things happen i think is is certainly you know, a correlation that you see across most high performers. But I'd love to know, I mean, is there something deep within you that's sort of that driven individual or have you always been that way? Or is there a moment in your life that you kind of drew that line in the sand and said, look, I'm not going to accept ordinary. I'm going to, you know, strive for excellence in everything I do.
1: Yeah, great question. You know, I, I grew up with two younger brothers and we were always competing from a young age. We were very active in sports uh, my brothers both excelled in basketball, and I played football. Actually, in college, I played in South Dakota. So, you know, we were always very competitive, and uh, you know, always trying our hardest to, to, you know, put in the work needed to perform at a at a high level. So, uh, I would say I've always kind of had that hardworking nature, uh, you know, and then that just carried right over into business.
0: This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety. Our team, including yours truly, leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. To learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I just think it's, it's just important to, to understand sort of where, where do individuals come from and that we all have this within ourselves. If we're willing to look at it and we're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to take action. I'm going to be uncomfortable. So what can I do to be my true self and also let that shine? So I just think it's important to understand where people are coming from, but let's talk about mobile home parks and, and manufactured housing communities, which is a much nicer way to, uh, to present the, uh, the asset class. You know, I'm a multifamily guy. Like we do multifamily real estate, you know, across the Southeast. And, and I look at mobile homes and, you know, manufactured housing communities as obviously very attractive for many different capacities, but it's also not, you know, not my world and I'm not heavily active. And so I look at it and I say, you know, it's a totally different way to navigate that landscape. So if you were to describe it from, you know, a high level in terms of how you're navigating the landscape, and, you know, finding new opportunities and acquiring new assets, you know, what's that approach look like?
1: Yeah, definitely. So there's really three main reasons why the asset class is so attractive. Number one, you know, with multifamily, they're developing and building new complexes every day. In mobile home parks, the supply is limited. For every 10 mobile home parks, let me, let me get this right. Over the past 10 years, there's been about 10 mobile home parks that have been developed at the same time. There's about hundred mobile home parks per year that are being torn down. So the number of communities is being reduced. Whereas, you know, in other asset classes, self-storage, multifamily, et cetera, they can develop new facilities, you know, right across the street from one another. So that is a huge, uh, a huge attraction to this asset class. That's very different from uh, any other asset class out there. Number two, the demand is off the charts for affordable housing. Uh, There's no hiding it. There's a affordable housing crisis going on in the United States and mobile home parks offer the most affordable form of non-subsidized housing in the United States. Hands down, that is the the least, you know, the, the lowest common denominator and it's, it's a good option for a lot of people. You know, manufactured housing can be built for around $47 a square foot where site built housing is well over a hundred dollars per square foot. So it's uh it's going to be that affordable option for, for a lot of people. And then uh, reason number three, why we like mobile home parks is there's really attractive debt options. So just like in multifamily where the agencies will lend in the space the same thing in manufactured housing communities you know you have freddie mac fannie mae and you know other very top lenders lending in the space offering really uh, great terms so you can use that leverage to uh, offer re- investors really good returns yeah and
0: and obviously from the investor's perspective you know if you look at it on the scale of commercial real estate asset classes it's really you know number 1 when it comes to cash flow and obviously, that's extremely attractive without, you know, that goes without saying. But, you know, let's talk about some strategies, obviously, in terms of, you know, operating in this environment and succeeding, because you're talking about a diminishing supply, right? A diminishing supply of assets and perhaps, you know, an increasing demand of, Acquisition, you know, because everybody's looking for yield, right? Everybody's looking yeah. for a return on investment. So, I guess the first, maybe it's a twofold question: how have you, how have you seen sort of this landscape shift over the past few years as it's become more of a, you know, on the institutional radar, so to speak? And how has that impacted you guys as well as, you know, how are you navigating that landscape?
1: Yeah, great question. So, demand uh, for these assets has definitely increased. Uh, you know, some of the largest investors in the United States like Sam Zell, Warren Buffett and others are active in the space. You know, the large private equity firms, you know, are all active, uh, you know, in the space. So, it's uh, it's the name, the, the word is out. Mobile home parks are a good asset class. They provide great returns and also they have recession resistant characteristics, you know, like... During this whole COVID thing. I, I, I know multi, multifamily has performed well, uh, but mobile home parks, you know, we've maintained collections over 95%. And if you look at back in 2008 through 2010, uh, if you look at the charts, you know, mobile home parks performed very well, uh, especially in, in terms of NOI growth. So, it's uh, it, the word is out on the asset class. And these big institutional buyers, you know, they have money at such a low cost that, it's tough to compete with them. So we have found out that those large buyers are targeting communities over a hundred lots that are typically stabilized and are in the grade A markets. So within our model, we've been able to target communities that are between 50 and hundred lots, 50 and 99 lots, if you will, uh, on public utilities and still in good markets, but more secondary uh, markets. And that's really been our uh, our bread and butter, if you will, uh, of how we've been able to, you know, play and, and still participate and get our investors, you know, returns.
0: I love that. Yeah. I think one of the things that's, uh, it's interesting is to understand sort of where, you know, where the, where the landscape shakes out, you know, where are the institutional folks playing, you know, where are sort of your mom and pop folks playing and maybe where are, you know, where is it appropriate for you to dive in and, and implement a strategy and execute. And so appreciate you giving us a look behind the radar there. Uh, or, or behind the curtain there. So tell us a little bit about, you know, are you going direct to seller most of the time, or you know, are brokers getting more and more involved, or how how's that, uh, how's that shifted over the past few years as well?
1: Yeah, brokers are definitely getting more involved. Uh, we have a diverse approach, you know, now that we have a full team that's built around, you know, growing. Uh, but typically, probably 70% of the deals we do are off market. You know, one thing that's unique about this asset class is 90% of the mobile home parks in the country are owned by mom and pops. So they're not, uh, you know, they're not large, uh, they're not large owners. Like in multifamily, uh, I saw a statistic that 93% of apartment multifamily communities that are above 50 units are owned by professional operators that own more than one asset. So if you look at it, you know, they're squeezing as much value out of, out of those properties as possible. Whereas these mom and pops, they have high equity. They've owned these things for 20, 30 years. Some of them have them paid off. So, you know, they don't need to have the properties, ocu- you know, fully occupied to be making a buck. You know, they, they don't have any debt payments. So it's, it's very common to see these properties operating at 70% occupancy. And the mom and pops are still making six figures on the, on the property, so they don't need to, you know, squeeze as much juice out of it as, you know, uh, as, as multifamily operators do. But uh, that leaves a lot, of, a lot of meat on the bone for guys like me that come in and can fully occupy the property and, you know, increase any, you know, deficiencies that the current management has. So,
0: obviously, it's an extremely attractive um, real estate asset. You know, there's a lot of great things to point to. How are you raising the bar now in your business? Obviously, you've developed a team, you've created, you know, systems, and we even were talking about it briefly before the show, that you've implemented, you know, virtual assistants, additional software. Tell us a little bit about how you're raising the bar right now to really capture these opportunities.
1: Yeah, great question. So, I'm a huge fan of virtual assistants, like the biggest fan I mean, just leveraging other people's time has been huge for us. Uh, we currently have four virtual assistants working with us. Our marketing manager is from the Philippines. Uh, she is just a rock star. You know, we take a lot of time setting up the outline for them. Uh, so we use a system called, it's a software called Trello, and we create a card for every task that needs to be done at It's like basically a a virtual whiteboard and we created a a card for every task that needs to be done. And then inside of there, we'll create a screen capture video uh, of exactly that task and how they can do that task. So there's step-by-step instructions for every single task that needs to be done so they can reference those at any given given moment. So uh, I have one in the Philippines and then we have three from Armenia that are project managers and, and help with the property management side of things and, you know, very fluent in English and just, you know, very plugged in and you're able to, you know, pay a little bit less because of them being, you know, in their native country. And uh, it just has really helped us scale tremendously. So uh, on the software side, you know, Trello is a huge one that we use. Also Slack, we use as like a messaging software. Uh, and then for property management, you know, keeping track of, of tenant statements and invoices, things like that, we use Rent Manager. So those have been really monumental in our, our growth.
0: That's awesome. And you've even been able to manage your properties
1: with virtual assistants. So just so I'm clarifying. We're, not, we're not fully, okay. you know, virtual. So we do have four virtual assistants, but then we also have a team, uh, you know, domestically here that, that manages, you know, that level. So that has helped us kind of streamline things and, and keep everything focused because there are some, you know, I'll never forget one of the first virtual assistants we hired you know, we said, Hey, we just bought a new manufactured housing community. And, uh, her first response is, is like, okay, so you know, now we need to go find the homes and bring them in. Right. Cause it's a completely vacant, you know, piece of land. I'm like, no, they're already, there are already homes on the lots because you know, she's just not used to it cause they don't have those over in Armenia. So, uh, you, there's a, there's a little bit of a learning curve there, but now that they've been with us for, you know, several months, uh we're really starting to to go full swing on things and it's it's just helping us tremendously
0: that's awesome and i love i love just the opportunities that you can create through this process you know because everybody's looking for a new opportunity you know a lot of times you think of well you know i'm paying these folks less well you know they're they're grateful for this opportunity and you can plug them in they can become more valuable they get more experience and so i think it's a great process And there's so much opportunities for us to systematize our business through this. And I just wanted to make a mention also on the software. Um, You mentioned you use Slack. We just implemented uh, Basecamp within our company and we love it. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. And we're working with folks all over the country here in the US and collaborating on projects. And it's, it's so exciting what you can do and you can pivot and really accomplish so much. If your mind is open to being flexible and being nimble and being different, then perhaps, you know, the, the old gray, gray beards in our, in our industry. So I think it's exciting, but you know, one thing I'd love to touch on with you is, you know, as you've continued to grow, it seems like what you've been able to do and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been able to grow organically and also exponentially in the process. I mean, how has that been for you? Is it really kind of a referral based business, you know, in terms of, Hey, let's deliver results so that, you know, when we do this deal that we can find more through that process or how has that been for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess one of the bottlenecks in our business is finding good deals, you know, being able to source consistently good deals. So at the end of 2019, we implemented a new marketing strategy where we're literally spending like 7,800 bucks a month on marketing to off market properties. And, you know, that has been really monumental into our, our continued growth into 2020 uh, but it, you know, one of the harder things has been, you know, hiring good people on the operational side that can, you know, that can keep up with our growth. And you know, we talked about uh, we threw around the idea of starting a fund last year, and we were like, you know, I I just think that that would be we're just not ready for that yet. You know, like Sam Zell mentions it in his book. Am I being too subtle? He says, you know, you have to understand the risks that you're taking, and you know, is your foundation ready for that growth that you're about to put on it. And that's just something we weren't comfortable with yet. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things that, that come into, to play, but we're growing slow and steady. You know, we do about five to seven deals per year and uh, that's a good pace for us right now. And, you know, we're really happy with where we're at. Yeah, that's an important distinction. I love that book.
0: And I love Sam Zell. He's such a such a wise individual. And most, most of us real estate folks look at Sam Zell as kind of, you know, one of the icons, you know, living legend Definitely. and doing so many great things. It's such a great, valuable lesson because we want to grow. We want to, you know, exponentially, you know, make quantum leaps. But at the same time, we have to be practical and pragmatic and recognize what, you know, what is our operational structure what can that withhold and and what sort of additional structures do we need to put in place if we want to make those quantum leaps so i think such a wise decision and you know obviously as you continue to grow your business as a leader not only thinking strategically but developing your skill set and and really kind of growing as an individual who's serving and who's who's being that leader i mean talk to me about you know developing your comprehensive skill set and, and what does that look like for you i mean how have you invested in yourself to be able to show up so that you can grow this organization to have those greater opportunities in the future?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, one thing is I try to stay in really good shape. Uh, I'm training for an Ironman. I have been for a year now. I've been training for an Ironman. My race was supposed to be in May of 2020, uh, which was like, you know, middle of this COVID shutdown, uh, you know, crisis. So that didn't happen. It got moved back to September, but now it looks like that's probably not going to happen. So I think 2020 is, is, is going to be uh, a non race year, but you know, I'm going to continue training and, and hopefully get one, you know, crossed off in 2021. Uh, but yeah, just keeping my energy high, you know, watching what I eat and, you know, continually staying on track of my, my training schedule has been monumental. And then also reading, uh, you know, and, and listening to audiobooks has been huge. Uh, I have a modest goal of, of, of one book every three weeks is, is my goal. And I try to, you know, stick to that and I, I have it in my calendar and what goes in the calendar gets done. So uh, that's, that, those are a couple things that I do to, to stay, you know, at the top of my game.
0: Now I'm with you on that. 100%. If it's in the calendar, it's going to happen. If not, it's like, good luck. <laughs> that's just, that's just my life. But, um, I think it's a, it's a great takeaway. And, and the other thing too, is it's interesting that you're, you know, obviously 2020 has been a bit of a challenge for many different capacities, especially, uh, when it comes to, you know, running, you know, doing an Ironman. And, uh, but I think it's so interesting because I'm not an, I'm not a triathlete, but it is, you know, it's about the training I would imagine. Right. It is about, you know, who you become
1: mentally and physically through that process. Mentally is the, the, the huge thing. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I ran 10 miles, I came home and the next two days, I literally thought that I was going to like die. I felt like I was an 80 year old man. My knees were sore. My joints were sore. My hips were sore. Everything was sore and it was only 10 miles. And now like every weekend I'm running around 15 to 20 miles. and and I come home and play with my kids, I can have a whole, whole day after doing so. So it's just that mindset of what you're actually capable of is monumental. And, you know, I definitely recommend it to, uh, to anybody that, you know, is looking to kind of take their game to the next level.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how you can apply that to so many other things in your life and that, you know, it's not like it gets easier, you just get better. Right. And, You know, the other thing that I'm curious to know is somebody like you who's a high performer who's doing great things within your business and, you know, leading your family and obviously accomplishing things from a fitness perspective. I mean, I would imagine you've created conscious habits, like you've been conscious of the things that you just do on a repetitious basis. So is there anything that you'd point to that's been really important for you as you've grown?
1: Yeah. Monitoring my sleep has been huge for my energy levels and then also monitoring what I eat. Uh, you know, I try to, if if I do have carbs, I usually have them in the morning and not later in the day. And then the sleep thing is, is really been monumental. We have this beauty rest sleep tracker, uh, that comes with an app and it's like a little thing that you put under your mattress and it tracks and gives you a score every day of, you know, what your REM sleep was. It tracks your breathing rate, it tracks your heart rate, and then it tells you, you know, a score at one to a hundred, how you scored that night. And, you know, I try to get at least seven hours of sleep a night. And if I get uh, eight hours, I get like an 80% or higher score. So it's kind of like a competition now between some of my friends and and my wife and myself as to, hey, what was your sleep score last night? You know, when, when it comes around 930 when it's bedtime, it's like, all right, lights are out. We're not, you know. Playing around and and just learning through that process because the more screen time we have before bedtime, we've noticed that our our sleep scores go down. So those those types of things have really uh, you know helped me elevate my game. And also, uh, I read this book, Tools of Titans, by Tim Ferriss, and I got this Uhler, uh, that like is a I'm not sure if you if you read that book, but basically I've like read a, it. Yeah. the the Uller it like cools your bed. It's like a mattress pad that like like regulates the uh, the temperature of the bed, so you like you don't get hot. Uh, That has been monumental as well, and and you know helping me get good sleep. So. That's yeah, awesome. a couple
0: things. That's awesome. I've read Tools of Titans. It's a massive book, but it's one of those where you pick it up, you read a few, you put it down, you pick up, you read a few, and it, it took me a while, but it is a really good book. So shout out to Tim Ferriss, who uh, will be on the show eventually. Um, he's, he's my bald brother there, but he's an amazing individual. But I, I think there's a lot of value in what you're talking about on sleep. It's interesting. I read the book, you know, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, I believe is his name, PhD and, you know, really an expert in sleep. And it's so interesting to learn, you know, the value of sleep and really, you know, how much we need it as human beings. And you can't, it's not like a debt that you can pay. You can't catch up. That's not a thing. And I've got an aura ring. So it sounds like pretty similar to what you've got as far as your sleep tracker. It's really interesting. You know, if I eat well and I exercise and I, you know, I monitor my screen time before bed and those kind of things, that I have a better sleep score and I get more deep sleep, which is so important in terms of, you know, flushing your, your brain with, with, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but it it is absolutely amazing. And how much more important, how much more important can you, or how much better can you show up, you know, the next day? Um, so is there anything else you say on that?
1: Yeah, there's an, there's a Joe Rogan experience podcast episode 1109, uh, where he, he speaks with, uh, guy named Matthew Walker, I believe it is. Yeah. That's what um, I was just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. He speaks about the importance of sleep and, and really how important it is. And I mean, it's like, it's like catastrophic if you don't get enough sleep. And 100%. once you realize that you're like, oh, okay. I need to focus yeah. on this more. Totally. So. I totally agree. And it's, and it's
0: amazing. Like, you know, you drink a beer, a couple of beers, you know, that changes how you sleep. So it helps you make better decisions once you start tracking things. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. It takes a while. You got to build up sort of, you know, a little bit of a database here to see how things are going, but it, it helps you make better decisions. So I think it's super important. That, you know, a lot of folks say, Hey, you know, I can sleep four or five hours a night and I'm, I'm good to go. And, you know, he actually, Matthew Walker mentions in the book, it's like, that's a very low percentage of people that are in that category. Um, you know, so you talk about all timers, you talk about, you know, all of these other mental problems that people start to develop over time. And it's probably due to lack of sleep to a large degree. So I think it's really, really interesting. Um, So we'll try to not go down too far (laughs) of a rabbit hole here. Uh, But one thing I, I love, one of my mantras that I'm a big fan of is that success leaves clues. And obviously you talk about reading, you talk about listening to other podcasts, engaging in conversations like this, building your network you know, another thing is, is role models. I mean, are there any role models that you'd point to that have been super important for you?
1: Yeah, I have, I have a few, uh, you know, my, my dad was an entrepreneur, you know, growing up, uh, he had owned several businesses and, and sold those everything from a vending machine route when I was in high school, uh, to a hurricane shutter business. So he, he owned several and I learned a lot from him and probably got my entrepreneurial drive from, from watching him, you know, balance that, but then still be the the coach on my little league uh, baseball team. So that was really uh, you know monumental on my uh, my growth. Uh, I would also say you know there's a couple like Sam Zell we mentioned earlier, uh, just a high performer, and it's amazing what he's done in so many different asset classes. It just blows my mind at, at what's possible. And and like we talked about earlier, you know, and his book is so great. Am I being too subtle? you know, he mentions like, Hey, nobody told me I couldn't do this. You know, <laughs> he's like, Hey, it, you know, the, the world is your oyster. Go, go accomplish what you want to, you know, you, you can really do whatever you need to do if, if you work hard enough. So yeah, those are a couple I would, I would give shout outs to.
0: Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from this show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers, the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur, fresh out of my W2 corporate job, I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion, filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness, even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems, and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. If you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you. Because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come, first serve, and demand high touch, one to one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered, limitless, and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life-changing opportunity. We will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working, and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, that's awesome. And what a great, you know, kind of quote or thought process of, hey, no one ever told me I couldn't do this, so why not? But I want to remind the folks who maybe someone has told them that they can't, that that's not true because that is absolutely not true. Anything is possible if you give yourself permission to do so. And so it's great that Sam didn't have anybody in his life who told him that he couldn't do that. But I know a lot of people have these, you know, folks that surround them that may be trying to protect their own identity by telling someone else that maybe striving for more that they can't do something. But, you know, it's something that we all have to break free from whatever sort of environment we grew up in or whatever, you know, types of people that have, you know, really influenced us as we've grown up. It's really important to take inventory of that and recognize that, you know, those, those types of comments are not true and you should not hold them as a part of your identity. So I just wanted to make a mention of that. I think it's super important, but, uh, Andrew, what, what, is there any failures that you would point to that have been integral for you and maybe been a seed for later
1: success? Oh man, there's been so many failures. I mean, I'll never forget, uh, back when I was in high school, I was like, my family was an athletic family. My dad played basketball in college. So that was like, like a big deal, uh, was trying to get a, a college scholarship, you know, to play at the next level. And I didn't make varsity as a junior. Uh, I got hurt and I didn't make the varsity team. So that was like a, a big deal. And it was kind of like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, I've been working so hard, you know, I was, I was, trying to, to bulk up. And I just wasn't big enough. I wasn't ready yet. Uh, so that was like a, a, I felt like a big failure, but it made me work even harder. Had I had not failed, I might've took my foot off the gas and not has not a, not would have been as, as good as I was my senior year to be able to get and secure a, a college scholarship. So that, you know, that trickled into, you know, business and other things as to, you know, why I worked so hard. And, uh, I think that that's just that that's like a monumental failure that I've had. But uh, in business, there's been several. I mean, I I really struggled with hiring early on. I started hiring like friends and family that I, I could trust, but they may not necessarily have had the right skill set for what I needed. So uh, struggled through that process. You know, had to had some turnover early on that we. You know, eventually learned from, and you know, started doing more of a vetting process up front before just kind of hiring. You know, based off of my my gut feeling. So those are those are a couple of failures that that I've had, but there's there's been many, and you know, there's been a lot of learning experiences through our, our early acquisitions, and you know, now that we're on, you know, going into our twenty third acquisition, uh, you know, our pro formas nowadays they're they're a lot more spot on than they were early on, so. That's, uh, that's all thankful to to the failures we've learned from. Yeah, that's powerful. And it's a, it's a maturing process, you know, to be able to
0: take those, you know, that feedback and, you know, implement it and improve, right. Because we can all just say, well, you know, I, I screwed up or, or I can't believe that they didn't, you know, put me on the team or whatever. It's, it's more so, Hey, what could I improve on? And, you know, maybe I failed now, but the only way that I'm a failure forever is if I you know give up so what can i do to 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 bring this forward and and i think there's just so much value in what you're talking about from a business perspective of implementing processes you know from you know looking back and saying look we hired the wrong people and we did it off of gut and you know we didn't really go through a systematic approach but now we know better. So now we can do better. So what about our processes do we need to shore up or expand or, or whatever? So it's so valuable for all of us. But you know, one other thing I'd love to touch on with you uh, before we jump into our rapid fire section is obviously growing a real estate business is a roller coaster. Sometimes it can be very challenging. Sometimes it's like, man, you're winning. There's so much momentum. You can never be stopped. But I'd love to know, is there a particular way that you have approached You know, sort of high pressure or high stakes situations and sort of manage your emotions. Does that come from your training, um, you know, physically and and how you invest in yourself? Or is there anything else that you'd point to?
1: Yeah, I'm a high C. So I need to see all of the data and I won't make a decision until I feel like I have all the data. That's like a big thing with me. So, like, people throw a lot of deals at me and they're saying, hey, look at this deal, look at this deal. And I almost never answer back immediately with, yes. Or no, it's always, Hey, I have a question about this. I have a question about this. I need more info on this. So I think that's, you know, been very important in how I kind of make decisions is, you know, I don't, I don't dive into something impulsively. I want to know all the facts up front and then try to react from there. And I also try to put percentages on things. If there's some intangibles that I, you know, I can't fully quantify right in the moment, uh, I, I kind of break it down and I say, okay, what are the chances of this home going vacant in the next five years? And then I just, I put a percent on it and then I, you know, I, I raise money accordingly. So that's, that's, you know, a couple of tips.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's separating emotions from fact, right? And looking at the data and saying, all right, well, what's the percentages here? And, you know, not worrying about it either way. I think, you know, a lot of times people fall in love with deals and then they get super emotional during those high stake moments, whether it's, you know, negotiating a deal or going through due diligence and finding something massively you know, different than you expected. And so it's just a lot of, there's a lot of value in that. And I appreciate that. So I want to transition into our rapid fire section. Uh, We call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about raising the bar. It's all about, you know, going to that next level and expanding, you know, really our limits that we thought that we had before and exploding through those. And so I'd love to ask you a few questions, one of which uh, we've talked about, you know, just the habit of reading uh, just a bit, but I'd love to dive into that a little bit more If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read, what would those be and why?
1: Yeah, I'd say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, and then Deals on Wheels by Lonnie Scruggs is another great one. Uh, Also, Forever Cash. uh, I believe that's by Jack Bosch is is a third really good one. I love it. We will put uh, links in the
0: show notes there. Uh, Of course, everybody, I'm sure so many people that we talk to is like rich dad, poor dad, because it just totally opens up your mind. And then as you dig into that and as you put it into action, like you talked about earlier, it's about, you know, taking action quickly and learning through that process and growing and implementing more processes. And, you know, so I love just the habit of reading and learning and expanding your mind and maybe even changing your mind on some things. So thank you for giving us a look into a few books there. Um, if you had to point to outside of what we've already talked about today, the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, what would that be?
1: Working out every morning. If I don't work out every morning, if I don't work out one morning, I literally don't have as much energy as I otherwise. I otherwise would have had. So I think getting my blood pumping, you know, getting outside, uh, has been monumental to, you know, the energy levels, which ultimately yield, uh, results in business, family, et cetera.
0: So outside of, you know, running, swimming, uh, you know, biking, what else, what, what are some other, you know, workouts that
1: you love to do? Man, I love band workouts. I, I really love those for like back and for shoulders Uh, I also do some weight workouts, uh, not heavy lifting or anything, but, you know, high repetition workouts, uh, you know, once or twice a week. So those are a couple couple things I enjoy doing. Get the blood flowing so you
0: can show up and have an amazing conversation like we're doing right now. I love that. Uh, What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you?
1: Uh, I would say I try to add value through kind of my experiences that I've been through. And I also love learning from others and, and things they've been through. It's amazing to kind of see how people are brought to mobile home parks specifically. Because I get people that reach out specifically, you know, younger guys that are interested in kind of getting into the game, and uh, I I really enjoy you know learning about their path and then trying to add value to kind of give them tips to accelerate them through you know the 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 valley of sorrow as they call it. Because you know from the moment I decided I wanted to buy a mobile home park the moment that I actually closed on one, it was like a year and a half. And that was like a grind and I was like I, I doubted myself and you know, it was a process to make that happen. But thank goodness I kept my motivation through that process. Uh and you know, I learned, I, I picked up and learned and, and bettered myself. But if I could help a another newbie kind of get through that that learning curve, uh, I just I think that would be really, you know, really valuable to them and you know I try to do so.
0: That's awesome. And I've never heard that before, the Valley of Sorrow. Uh, Do you mind just sharing a little bit about what that means? And is it just the limiting beliefs of, can I really do this? Or uh,
1: describe that to me a little bit. I'm not remembering exactly what book that is from, but basically it's saying that like on any new project or new endeavor that, you know, initially uh, when you first commit and you're, you're neck deep in it, that it's going to be like the hardest that's, you know, you you don't have any momentum. You're kind of scratch starting uh, so you're gonna have to face the, the trials and tribulations before you start to get the hockey you know the hockey stick where you start to make progress and get deals done so every every new project kind of has that valley of sorrow I've heard that uh, is like a, a low moment while you're building that sales funnel behind you to come in and instead of just you know, once you buy one mobile home park, well now all of those cold calls you made for the past year and a half, now they're going to start kicking in. And now you, you know, you really have a wave that you can ride into, into coming years. So. That's awesome.
0: That's huge. And it's almost, it reminds me of, you know, the fact that I believe when you face any challenge, whether it's a valley of sorrow or, you know, sometimes you have false starts in your business, right? You you think you're going to accomplish something, then you have a setback. Or you think that you're going to make an acquisition and all of a sudden due diligence re- reveals that there's some major problems, whether it's legal, you know, physical or what have you. It reminds me of the fact that I feel like your, your commitment, your defiant commitment is being tested. The universe is saying, hey, look, you said you wanted this, but, you know, if you don't get over this, then maybe you don't deserve it. So,
1: I mean, does yeah. that resonate with you? Is that anything that you ever think about? Oh, 100%. You know, I think every decision you make, you really have to ask yourself, hey, what am I willing to go through to get to that result? You know, what else am I willing to sacrifice to get to that result? And, you know, you got to be willing to pay the price if you want to, you know, get to, the, get to the glory, if you will, of, of succeeding pay the price and
0: sacrifice to, yeah, to feel the glory and to, to experience that glory. I love that. Andrew, this has been an absolute blast. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today?
1: Yeah, I would say to, to young real estate investors, you know, early on, I was so consumed and so worried about the money part, you know, finding investors, you know, because I didn't, my parents didn't have any money. They, they went bankrupt when I was in college they lost the house I grew up in. They foreclosed on that all while I was in college. So, you know, I didn't have a big backing, you know, from behind me. So I was consumed with, Hey, you know, I want to get into the game, but I don't know, I don't know where I'm going to find the money. I thought I needed all this money to be able to execute on these deals. And I would just say to young, young investors out there, young real estate guys, Hey, find a good deal. And you'd be so surprised how quickly the money will, will come. It's all around the deals though. I mean, you know, if I was just getting started, I would aim all of my focus on finding deals and then partnering with someone like yourself, Tyler, or myself on the mobile home side, you know, partnering with someone that has the experience that you can learn under and learn the operations and, you know, maybe get a sliver of equity or something for finding the deal or getting a a finder's fee. So that would be something I would, I would give to, uh, you know, to someone just starting out.
0: That's huge. And it reminds me of the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller, because he says, what's the one thing you can do where everything else becomes either, either easier or irrelevant? And right now, obviously, the one thing is to find the deal, find the deal yeah. that makes sense and coalesce the resources otherwise. And man, there's, there's so much gold nuggets of wisdom there. And this this conversation has been a ton of fun. Andrew, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and what you do.
1: Yeah. If anyone wants to reach out and and talk mobile home parks or uh, might have an interest in investing with us, they can check out keelteam.com. That's just K-E-E-L-T-E-A-M.com. Excellent. And we'll absolutely
0: put a link in the show, note th- show notes there for that. And we'll also put links in the show notes for where you can find Andrew and his team on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it, uh, website, all that good stuff. So uh, just be on the lookout for that. And you absolutely want to reach out to Andrew because he's is as nice as he appears to be in person as he is on this podcast. So feel free to reach out to him, learn more about what he does. And, and I also encourage you to re-listen to the show because there's so much gold here. There's so much that you can apply immediately. And really, you know, it's all about, you know, distilling this down to what are your top three key distinctions and what can you take action on now, take action on immediately and go fast and recognize that, you know what, the resources will be coalesced as you continue to go through this process, you know, share this with someone else as well. What can you do to teach this to someone else? Because that's how you really anchor in your own understanding. And you also give something to someone else. So you can also screenshot the show. You can text this to someone else. You can post it on social media. You can tag Andrew. You can tag myself and you can tag your friend who, you know, needs to know this information, help them live a life of abundance, of unlimited joy, of adventure, and all the things that real estate and personal growth can give you. So with all that said, Andrew, I just want to thank you again for being on the show. Hey, Tyler, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.